welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 130th episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. We first heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, 100, 124, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies and an appetite for both high and low culture. She strives to celebrate the best of every season with her young children. And now, on to the show. Alright, well, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays to you, Rob. Uh, I see. I see how it is. Is it Happy Holidays or is it Christmas with a capital C? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to go into that. Swerve, swerve, to another topic. <laughs> I was just seeing, I was just trying to start with a friendly... And I was just go, going right into the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Innocuous. But honestly, I've always thought, you know, my impression as a child was that when people say happy holidays, it's including the fact that we're in the holiday season, you know, we just went through Thanksgiving, we're into the Christmas time, and or whatever other holidays you have going on, there's others, you know, obviously happening now too and then new year's so i just thought it was kind of inclusive of the fact that there's like a string of holidays at this time of year not necessarily pointedly being like holidays because i don't want to say christmas but i know you celebrate i do but i'm saying that what i'm saying is that I've never understood people that get too upset about the whole ha- saying happy holidays versus right. saying Merry Christmas because my impression as a child, and I feel like I was right on here, is that when people say happy holidays, it's not necessarily pointedly to avoid saying the word Christmas. It's just inclusive of the entire holiday season because whether or not you celebrate Christmas, there are some other holidays happening like Thanksgiving and New Year's that you're probably aware of, if not observing, during this, you know, window of time, or this season, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, happy holidays, kind of like happy holiday So season. did you just not say Merry Christmas ever? You say me, or are you saying... You the, no, I say Merry Christmas, but I mean... What situations do you say Merry Christmas in, then? I say Merry Christmas to people that I have reason to believe celebrate Christmas. But that's the only reason I said it to you. Like, I think it's totally <laughs> I know. rude to say it to somebody who you have no idea whether or not they celebrate Christmas. It's very presumptive. Sure, if you don't know someone or what their you know holidays they are celebrating, Happy Holidays is safer. But I'm saying I say Merry Christmas to other people that I think are celebrating Christmas, and but I also say Happy Holidays sometimes to people who are celebrating Christmas if I want to wish them the entire season happy, not just Christmas, you know. Like, if I don't think I'm actually going to see someone from the time between Thanksgiving and New Year's, even if I know that during that time they are celebrating Christmas, I might say Happy Holidays just to imply that I wish them a good Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Mm-hmm. I would, of course, also say Happy Holidays to someone if I just don't know what they're celebrating and I just want to kind of wish them a good slide into winter. <laughs> now, when you worked at Starbucks, did people ever get mad about this? I feel like they did. I feel like when I worked at Starbucks, it was towards the beginning of when I became aware of it being, like, an issue with people, mm-hmm. where people really, like, cared deeply about it. Before that, I just, you know, I just kind of thought it was a general nice thing to say to people, and I didn't really think into it too much, and then I think it was... During the time I worked there was when that really became, like, an issue where it was like, oh, happy holidays. I know that in years after when I worked there, I think more recently, there's been issue taken with the Starbucks holiday cups not being Christmassy enough, I guess, is the issue that people have mm-hmm. had. And then there's been the accusation that Starbucks was being too secular or something because... Their holiday because Starbucks, you know, they have the red cups that come out during the holiday season that are decorated, you know, decorated, not the normal cups, you know, holiday sort of decoration. And there's, I know, there's been the accusation that their holiday cups weren't Christmassy enough, and so the implication was that they were being too secular and they weren't being Christmassy. Which, 
I think is just ridiculous because it's things like a snowflake that people were like upset about or like a scene with like you know a reindeer and people were like this is not Christmas specific and while yes it's true that's not Christmas specific I kind of thought we had all agreed that reindeer were pretty tied to Christmas like it's Christmas enough for me but I mean I'm obviously not the person that's getting upset about these things mm-hmm. but just the fact that it didn't say Christmas I suppose, or I mean, maybe if there had been some kind of, like, a manger scene, that would have been, like, with the baby Jesus, that would have been enough for people. But also, wouldn't that be weird if there was, like, an entire, Why you know, like, Why do you have to drink like coffee with the baby Jesus? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, like, wouldn't you be a little bit weirded out if there was, like, an entire nativity, like, on your Starbucks cup in the morning? Like, this? like, like we don't need that to be, like, I think just, like, a reindeer, like, clipping through the snow. Like, that's Christmassy enough. Like, that doesn't imply that you're necessarily not celebrating Christmas. It's just, like, hey. <laughs> you know? True. People like reindeers. I love reindeers. So. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't love reindeers? I don't, I don't want to know who doesn't love reindeers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do people still use reindeers for pulling things? I don't know for sure. I, I know very little about actual reindeers. But what I would suspect is that most reindeer, at least in this country, if they are pulling something, it's being done kind of anachronistically. Or, you know what I mean, when it's like, for display, like, just kind of, you have the reindeer because it's, like, an awesome, strange animal to have, and then you probably do have it pull a sled, but not, like, actually because you need it to do that for, like, work on your farm or anything, or, like, to transport you from place to place, but more just because you can and because it's neat to be, like, I'm going by reindeer in this sleigh. You know what I mean? That's what I would imagine. I don't think anyone's actually, like, working the reindeer, at least not around here. I don't know... If there are any other countries where reindeer do more work, but I how are but reindeers are just deer, right? Just regular deer. They're a special kind of deer. What's special about them? They're a specific how, kind of deer. I mean, how different are they from like a white-tailed deer? Very different. I mean, they're they're still oh, deer. deer. I think you could still. I think if you ate one, it would probably taste the same. <laughs> but, but they're different. I think reindeer are a little larger. I imagine their fur is a little thicker because they're from more of a cold weather place. I think that their horns have that kind of fuzziness to them. Although, I guess they don't really have the fuzz all year, which I think might be the same as other deer, so never mind about that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just, they're different. But I mean, it's just like, you know, there's other varieties of other kinds of animals. Yeah, but what about temperament-wise? Are they the same as... I don't I've just know never seen... that much about reindeer personalities. Okay, but I've never, I've never, you know, I've encountered, you know, deer I've seen in the mm-hmm. woods, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's deer that are, like, domesticated, and you go feed them corn from the vending machine at the side of the road or whatever. So you're talking about, like, if you go to a park and then, I mean, I don't think you're supposed to do that anymore, because the deer are really having an overpopulation problem. Yes, like, you really shouldn't be feeding. Rob, you, you're the I reason. Haven't done this for you're the time. reason there are too many deer. No, this is when people like have them penned up. No, I know what you're talking about, but that's I just think that's weird. I don't think I don't think deer really like to be penned up. No, they don't. But anyway, I've never seen one of those deer and thought they need to be like some sort of pack animal. Like they just seem a little too flighty or like spookable or like. I imagine that reindeer have some of the same temperament issues, but they do look stockier, don't they? Like, I think that they might actually have more muscle mass than, like, a white-tailed deer, for example. Don't you think? I mean, just based on the few actual reindeer we've seen, they they look chunkier to me. Yeah. I think they're stronger. Like, I feel like a white-tailed deer or something, like... I think they're strong, but in a very lean sort of way, where it would be asking a lot to make them do any sort of grueling work where they're, like, pulling something. Like, that seems like it wouldn't be very nice. I just wonder why people have gotten away from using reindeer, or deer in general, for, like, agricultural or transportation reasons. I I suspect there are other, there's just other animals that are better like horses. doing those Hor- Horses are still around. We don't need horses, horses to get around. Horses are stronger. But we keep horses because they're delightful to people and they like... Reindeer know. are delightful to people, but I would say I think that horses can have more of a real relationship with a person. And of course, I'm sure there's someone out there that you know ha- feels like they have a strong bond with their reindeer or whatever, but... In general, it seems to me that horses maybe have a temperament where they can have a more fulfilling 
experience in relation to a human. Whereas I don't know what kind of a bond. I don't know how deep the bond between a person and a deer is really going. <laughs> it just doesn't seem quite the same. I mean, like, there's a reason, like, there's, like, therapy where you can go and ride a horse. Or even just if you can't ride the horse, you can pet the horse. And just the bond between the human and the horse can be really, really valuable to people in a mm-hmm. variety of different ways, both physically and emotionally. And I've never seen any sort of a therapy where it's, like, you and the deer and you're petting the deer and then, like, you you know, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I don't know if... I don't know if deer have the same sort of emotional life that makes them compatible with people in the same way, let alone the physical aspect of, like, horses can be ridden and deers cannot. I just don't think that's, like, the facts or structure the right way or whatever. You do a therapy deer and then somebody would sneeze and then you get gored by the therapy deer. (laughs) I mean, hopefully the therapy deer wouldn't have horns, but... Yeah, I guess you'd probably want to shave that off, but... Also, you can't really ride reindeer, right? I mean, their backs I don't think so. Enough. No, I mean, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know if they're strong enough, and their backs are just not quite like laid out the same way or whatever. Like, it's just not. It's not the same type of thing. No, <laughs> they're not quite as versatile. As I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think we didn't plan on talking about reindeer. No, yet. this just kind of came out of nowhere. But I feel, I feel like this has been an interesting little aside. Yeah, it's just yeah. something I've always wondered because, you know, it's such so prevalent in the Christmas story as the whole reindeer thing. And it seems so, like, obvious. It's like, well, duh, of course reindeer are pulling it. I'm assuming there are more reindeer maybe in, like, a Scandinavian kind of area or something. I guess that's probably what animal is available that to be, like, pulling stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if, like... You know, there are more of them. Maybe they're kind of more of a natural deer that like occurs in certain areas. Oh, you there, deer? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, going on to you know more more on to like what we plan to talk about, I guess. Yes. So, Ash, you are doing Vlogmas. I am doing Vlogmas, which, for anyone who doesn't know what that is. It means that if you are someone who has a YouTube channel, which I am someone who has a YouTube channel, you are putting out a video every day in December. So basically, starting the 1st of December and then going through Christmas, it's a video every day, which is a lot of work. It is, but you're way more than halfway done. I know, and I can't even believe, like, I'm I'm shocked that I've, like, already done this many because it, it just it feels like it's gone by really fast and at the same time I'm like exhausted but I'm so excited too because I've enjoyed watching other YouTubers do vlogmas for several years now and it's been kind of an idea in my head like a fantasy of something I would love to do but it's like it's like anything that's a lot of work and kind of a big project where there's always a reason not to do it and this year, with your encouragement, I just decided not to let that stop me and just do it, you know, because there's always a reason to say, you know, I didn't prepare enough or I'm not quite ready to make every video be exactly how I would want it to or, you know, something, something, this or that. There's always a reason to stop yourself from doing something. But I mean, like you, like you said to me, you know, don't let the great get in the way of the good, which I think basically just means, you know, don't let your fantasies of everything being perfect get in the way of doing something that, you know, could really be, you know, meaningful to you to do. And so I'm just happy that I'm doing this. I'm going to complete it. And I am happy with some of the videos I'm putting out. And I feel like pushing myself to make a video every day is really helping me to grow as a YouTuber as far as like really figuring out how to do stuff. Whereas before, I think I was struggling to put out content as often as I would like. And this is really helping me learn how to produce content faster. Mm-hmm. So it's been really great for me. Well, I think creativity often comes from having constraints and deadlines and like you have assignments and you have to complete them by a certain time like if you force yourself to like have to do that you just have to figure it out and you'll you'll have to be more creative than you because you think like oh unlimited boundaries no deadlines you know get something out when you feel like it when you're when the spirit moves you and it's like no no whenever i've had unlimited time and space i've just pretty much wasted my time and space whenever i have the least time 
and the least space to do anything is whenever I have the most ideas. So yeah, it's it's really it's really exciting and I hope that, you know, anyone who's listening here, if they haven't already, will definitely check my channel out and subscribe so they can follow along with me through Vlogmas. Mm -hmm. So what have you done for Vlogmas? I've done some actual vlogs, which is basically like just filming your day. And vlogging is something that I'm kind of getting, I feel like I'm getting better at vlogging and I'm sort of trying to find my own voice because the, the part of vlogging that I struggle with is the part where you kind of narrate your day by kind of pausing throughout the day to kind of talk to the camera about like what you're about to do or what you're doing. And that always, you know, I'm, I'm sort of getting better at doing that part. I really love capturing moments of our day to save, especially moments of our kids because they're so incredibly cute and they do things that are just, I want to remember those things forever. And that's one of the big reasons I started my channel is just to have that thing giving me the extra motivation to remember to pick up the camera and document our family life. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, you just have to like, that, that has to be part of your enjoyment because, you know, not, there's no guarantee that, you know, a million people are going to watch your videos or listen to your podcast. No, I mean, it has to be, it has, it has to be, be personally, you, it has to be personally right. meaningful for you in some way. It can't just be for the clicks. And also, that never works, I think, to chase clicks anyway. I feel no. like anytime someone is actually successful, it's just because they did something, honestly, and it just happened to connect with people. Exactly. And that's why, I mean, and that's kind of what drew me to YouTube initially was as far as being someone who started watching YouTube videos and subscribing to different YouTubers. What drew me into that was really just being interested in, you know, seeing certain types of content that were maybe external to like things that I would see or talk about in my real life. And that kind of gave me an outlet to see things that are just interesting, personal to me. And so then my content that I'm making, it's gotta be stuff that's interesting and personal to me, even if maybe people won't like it. And of course I hope that people will like it and I wanna make stuff that people are gonna be excited about, but at the same time, it is, it is for my audience because of course I'm putting it there and I'm hoping people will, you know, watch it and like it, but it's also for me. It's what I want to make and it's what I want to see. And when I'm making videos of our family, it's what I want to remember. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's another good point is, is kind of like you're also taking this record for our family too. So. And that's been a huge regret that I've had at various times in the past times when I didn't take as many photos as I wish I had or I didn't take as many videos as I wish I had. And that's one of the major drives for me to start doing YouTube is because it does, like I said, give me that push to remember to pick up the camera and to do more instead of just thinking, oh, I'll do this at some point and then time passes and you miss those windows of time. Like with our dog, I don't have hardly any pictures of him when he was a puppy just because, you know, at the time it was just kind of happening and I kind of thought he'd be a puppy for a long time and then suddenly he was a big dog. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I regret not taking more pictures in that time. And of course, you know, if video had been more of a thing, then I would have, like love to have some videos of him as a baby. But, you know, I don't have those things. And so that's one of those things. I don't want to have those type of regrets with our children. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be the mom that takes too many photos and videos than be the mom that like regrets not having those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's some pretty incredible moments that we've you know you've captured so far i mean i'm super biased but we do have amazing kids they're yes. so cute and mm -hmm. you know so Absolutely. cute not and they're not just cute they're very vibrant unusual dynamic kind of exotic looking people mm -hmm. like earl has done some pretty incredible dancing on, my goodness on my goodness they're i mean they're both they're both in their own way performers mm -hmm. i feel like captain is more of like a interpretive dancer than like a, I mean his da his dancing is very wild but I feel like in some ways he has the the motivation to perform like I would be very not surprised if he becomes like a theater person or something cuz so I feel like he wants to like put on a show like he mm -hmm. he feeds off of the audience like he's the type of person that does something and I could see him looking at people to see them watching him and mm -hmm. I could see him like getting like more animated and bigger and wilder the more he sees like his audience engaging 
Like, that's, like, a very, like, I think he's he's just a natural performer in that way. Emerald is more just sort of, she has, like, a certain star power that I don't think she really puts any effort into. She's definitely got that it factor. She definitely that, does. That extra little thing. Yeah. Anyway, what are the, some of the other subjects of your videos that you've done? Other than the vlogs, um, I've done a lot of shopping videos. Which I feel, I feel strange talking about that, but I shouldn't. Because, I mean, it's one of those things where, like I said before, part of what drew me to YouTube is that I have certain interests that maybe I don't nurture very much with people in real life. So then I went kind of to this other platform to kind of engage with things that I'm interested in that aren't really necessarily always a part of my life. And I guess what I mean is that, like, not everyone in my life loves to shop or, like, wants to talk about shopping. <laughs> you can just say me. It's okay. No. But it's one of those things that I like. Kind of, you know, and I'm trying to be more shameless about my interests in a way. Because there's certain things that I guess I was raised to believe are very frivolous. But I've decided, you know what? Like, if something brings me joy, that in itself is value. And I'm not going to, like... I'm not going to stop myself from enjoying things that I enjoy just because there's, like, a voice in my head saying, oh, that's not a serious interest, that's frivolous. So, yeah, like, I love to shop. Even if I don't buy a lot of stuff, I love the comparison shopping. Like, I do a lot of, like, when I'm planning on buying something, I like to look at things online. I like to read a lot of reviews. I like to really think and be very intentional about what I'm buying. So, for me, shopping isn't just kind of, like, a whirlwind of just acquiring stuff. To me, it's like looking at things and really seeing what might be worth considering acquiring and what's going to really add value to my life or maybe what could I imagine adding value to someone else's life. That's really what shopping is for me. And I also love to give gifts, and shopping is often part of that. Mm -hmm. But that's fortunate for your channel because those are your most popular I think that's what other people want to see, so I'm not alone in liking that kind of stuff. Not that that's a reason you should make those necessarily, but, you know, there's obviously an audience for that for a reason, because it's something people are already interested in. And people want recommendations. I mean, I know that's one thing I look for with YouTube is, like, if you're trying to find a gift for someone, recommendations, what what kind of things do this type of person like, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But you're going to finish Vlogmas? Of course. You're so close. Nothing, nothing will stop me now. Yeah. I feel like, and obviously this is like, maybe in certain ways an exaggeration, in other ways not. I feel kind of like it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. I mean, for someone that has very little free time, you know, because I'm, you know, taking care of our kids all the time. And they're not, like, great sleepers either. So it's not... I, I, You know, I think before I became a parent, I had this fantasy that there would be more little times that I would be able to do get things done. Like, when people were sleeping or something. And I don't think I totally... I mean, there's no way you can anticipate what kind of kids you're going to get as far as, like, whether they're going to be people that, like, sleep a lot or easily or, like, not. Mm-hmm. And also just, you know, I think I failed to understand how much micromanagement children with certain types of temperaments might require. So for me, it's I guess my, my point in this is just saying, you know, I don't have a lot of time to do, you know, filmmaking projects. And that's, like I said before, it's one of those excuses or a reason why maybe I've, you know, not done as much as I wanted to do in the past, but I'm not letting that stop me, even if it means that I don't get very much sleep. Like, I haven't gotten very much sleep this month, and I'm really not feeling that good. And it's hard, too, because, like, I want to look good on camera, but I definitely have, you know, some dark circles that I'm battling against. Mm-hmm. But I'm not letting that stop me, because that's another reason to not do something, is if you look at yourself on camera and you think, like, I look really tired, I have dark circles under my eyes, that's a reason to just delete the video and then not post it. But I'm not letting that hold me back. That's an important step. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely stop yourself from progressing if you think that it's not even worth it before it's even out there. Exactly. I mean, you could always look better. 
and you could always make the video better. You could always, you're always going to watch something, everything that I make. And I'm sure that most people that make anything feel this way. Whenever I look at it, you know, there's a mixture of pride and excitement and like critique where it's every little thing that you could have done differently or wish you had done differently or if you'd known what you know now would have changed. But not letting yourself be held back by those things, I think, is a major step. Mm-hmm. So what are your subjects going to be for your next videos? I mean, I wish I knew because I'm a person who I'm a person who loves to plan. Mm-hmm. And I actually do have a very big long list of video ideas and I've done some of the ideas. So that's mostly what I've been doing is just picking ideas. But to a certain extent, I'm going day by day because there are some days when I am able to work on my videos more and then I'm able to do one of the ideas that I have that I was more, you know, planned for and excited about. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where just stuff is going on with the kids and the house and everything and I'm just not able to really do what I might have done if I had more time so then I kind of have to pick one of my ideas that seems simpler and just do it Mm -hmm. so I can't say exactly what's coming next as far as like what is the next video you're doing I can say some videos I'm excited about that are coming up like what like I'm gonna do a what we got our kids for Christmas video Mm -hmm. that's a video that I'm excited about because it's it's the type of video that I love to watch and you know why I started my channel other than to, you know, record our family memories and everything like that is to make the types of videos that I love watching. I wanted to make videos like that too. So I'm excited to do that. And I'm also excited to do just some of our holiday, even though people, I feel like if you have a not very known channel, people don't tend to watch your vlogs, but I'm excited to record some of our family moments and traditions as far as, you know, what we're going to do on Christmas Eve, what we do on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. I would love to start doing some routine videos to show the different routines that we have with our kids, just as far as, like, a bedtime routine. And I kind of do it, like, wintry, like, winter bedtime routine, winter morning routine, winter day at home, winter weekend, things like that, like, just to kind of show. And that's something that I think that's a gives a lot of people a lot of value people want to see how people structure their day. At least I know I like to see how other moms structure their day with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to start doing some videos like that. Yeah. See, I guess that's one thing I don't really understand is like the whole going through the entire day thing. Is, is you, I'm always like at the last minute being like, hey, you should bring your camera make a make something out of this. And you're always like, I didn't show us getting ready because I, th- I think that, like, <laughs> well, like well I think you one. you kind of think like when we're doing something fun I should bring my camera and film us doing the fun thing but I feel like that's an incomplete vlog like if you want to make a vlog it's not just about you doing the thing it's about the process because that's what people are interested in like how the sausage is made because I mean that's kind of part of what I started watching vlogs for initially was like I was interested like what is it like before I had a baby? What is it like to be a mom with a baby, taking care of the baby? Like, kind of what is your day really like? How do you get yourself ready? You know, so that's kind of people don't just want to see you like at the Christmas tree farm. They also want to see how you, you know, got yourself showered and dressed and everything for the Christmas tree farm, how you got your kid ready what you had for breakfast, how you got everybody loaded into the car, kind of the struggle. Because, I mean, that's most of what mom life is. It's those little details of making things happen. It's not just the highlights. It's kind of how we get to those highlight moments. It's just the daily grind of, like, you know, what we need to do to keep our kids, like, alive and happy and well and feel like we're nurturing them, you know, keeping it going. Hmm. Ooh, uh, another video that I'm super excited to do soon is I want to do a what's in my diaper bag video. Mm-hmm. That's probably some of the very, very first videos I started watching because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with bags. Although my love of bags has kind of like, it's not been put on hold, but I haven't really like been able to chase it as much as I would like to, you know, in recent years. But I do love bags, as you know. And 
I'm excited to do a what's in my diaper bag video, specifically for winter, because every season, you know, what I have in my bag changes, not just based on, like, how old our kids are, but also there's things you need in the winter time that are, like, different than other times of year. So it's, like, Christmassy or whatever, but also just a general thing, and also a review of the bag that I'm currently carrying, mm -hmm. because it's, like, a pretty popular bag, and I think there's a lot of pluses and minuses. It's interesting because when I got the bag, I didn't like it. And then I've now grown into a different phase in our, my time as a mom, and now I'm loving it. But I'm also still, like, already eyeballing kind of who I want to be next. Who do you want to be next? I think I already told you. I think I sent you a link to who I want to be next. <laughs> Burka? Birkenbag? <laughs> no. I wish. Hey, I mean, yes. <laughs> definitely. Oh, definitely yeah. do that, yeah. What is a Birkenbag for people that don't know? I think, I mean, if you don't know, then I mean, I don't if think you you're going to care. If you know, you know. I think if you're going to care about what it is, you probably already know. And if you don't know, right, it's probably not important to you. If you're intrigued, look it up and then you'll know. Just use context clues to figure out what Yeah. <laughs> what we're talking about. Hmm. But, yeah, to, to clarify, Birkin, not Burka. Birkin. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I'm obviously a, an expert. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I just, I don't really like, I understand that's interesting to you, but that's the part I at least want to show sometimes of, mm -hmm. of my life. But it's also, I feel like that goes into an area where I think there's some things that I spend a lot of time thinking and stressing about and being prepared, and then I feel like sometimes you just wing it, and in a way it horrifies me, and in another way it, feel, it seems like it must be so freeing. Like, for example, like... If you take, like, our kids somewhere, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't even, like, take anything with you. And to me, that's, like, horrifying in the sense that it's, like, what if something happens? Like, what if someone, like, pees their pants? Like, what are you going to do? What if someone, like, digs an enormous poop? What if, you know what I mean? Like, what if someone's hungry and you don't, like, have any snacks? Like, because I have so many things and, like, every... It's all worked out. So yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it must be freeing in the sense that, like, usually it's fine and you don't have, like, this extra stuff to slop around with you. And I'm sure you would just figure something out if, like, an emergency arose. But on the other hand, to me, it's both stressful and necessary to, like be prepared. Like, it's stressful sometimes because I feel like every time we leave the house I have to, like, make sure that I have all the things that I think we're going to need for whatever the specific occasion is that we're leaving the house for. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's reassuring. Like, I feel good leaving the house knowing that if something happens, I have what we need. Just to clarify, I'm usually going in these scenarios you're talking about two places that have supplies that I could use to remedy any Like, you could emergently purchase some things or, like, use paper towels to, like, fashion some sort of, like... Some sort of cheap <laughs> garment I could purchase really quick. I just like just sort of having everything and having it be the things that I want. Because I don't like to use, like, strange random things. I, I want to just have the things that we need. But also, I think... I think part of this, though, is that, like... You have this, like, strange, like, it's, I don't understand this about you, because I feel like you're normally what I, what, what I would consider to be, like, a fairly, like, modern guy, but you're strangely very averse to being, like, a man holding a diaper bag. What, I, what, is that, that's strange? I think it's strange. I mean, you think it's weird, because, like, before you had kids, you never wanted to be, like, carrying some kind of, like, a satchel or something. But, like, I think, like, if you have kids, you, like, need stuff. So why wouldn't you be just, like, carrying a satchel of things I with you? I don't know. I can't explain it. But it bothers you in a way that I think is very, like... It's more something, reason. But it's, it's something beyond. I would more expect of, like, a guy that doesn't want to... That's, like, super worried about, like, his masculinity or something. And that's not normally something I think about you. No. I don't normally think that you're, like, insecure in your masculinity or, like, worried about doing something that's too, like, feminine or something. But in this one very specific incident, it seems to be, like, an issue for you. That's true. I also don't like carrying bags in general. And yet, whenever we go anywhere, I feel like you're always wanting to put your things inside my bag. It's 
very convenient. <laughs> well, that's why I'm carrying it. I'm just saying, suddenly, I have, like, a wallet and some keys and, like, some other things, like, that's going That's usually into only when we're strolling or if we're at a restaurant. So it's like, I feel like it encompasses most of what we do when we go places, strolling or going to a restaurant. Yeah, sometimes strolling to a restaurant. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> but yeah, I get the utility of it. It's just hard to... I don't know. You like think it there. would, like, look weird? I don't know. But I mean, okay, even if you feel like it would it's look weird stylistically if you were just a guy on your own, that's not how you want to look. I think if you're a guy with kids, people understand that you might need some sort of a container to house the necessary extras. Seems like overkill. But, like, what if someone poops? Where are we? I mean, we're, like I said, we're usually at places that sell clothing and diapers. But do you want to have to, like, buy a new outfit just because you refuse to have, like, a satchel with, like, a diaper in it. I feel like that happens so rarely that I would just deal with it if it happened. And yet there have been, like, so many occasions over the years where we've had, like, <laughs> weird occurrences where I've had to get, like, the extra set of clothes out of my bag. Yes, and but it, in those cases I could have just purchased my items from the store <laughs> where we were at. That's true. I just, I guess I'd rather not have to, like, emergency. Like, if we're, like, going somewhere on, like, a trip, and it's a long way away, and we're going to be there for some time, it doesn't, that makes sense to me to have a bag. Mm -hmm. An overnight bag. Yeah. For a three-hour trip to two stores. To me, it seems essential, though, because... Stink. I have the sanitizer for sanitizing things so that we do not get sick. <laughs> and I have wipes, which aren't, aren't just for diaper changes, also for things like when someone is, like, eating one of the free bananas that they have at Target, and then there's, like, banana hands. Like, do you want to be with, like, a small child that has banana hands for, like, the rest of the day, or do you want to, like, wipe the banana hands away? So you're just trying to convince me to carry a man diaper bag. Yeah. It just, I guess it just, it sort of bothers me that you're like so against it when to me it just seems like you're a man with small children. Obviously, if you're leaving the house with them, take the man diaper bag. We even have a man diaper bag that someone gave us and it's very masculine looking. <laughs> it has kind of a rugged now. I don't, you know, like that helps, but that's not like... I don't think that gets to the heart of why I'm... It doesn't, reverse. but I guess I'm sure part of it is just that I love bags so much. It's hard for me to understand. I don't know. I don't love bags so much. I love them so much. I have bags for certain things that need to be bagged. Like, if I can dress in, like, rags and have, like, a nice bag, I'm, like, still feeling all right. Hmm. Like, I feel like a bag just does so much just uplift you and just kind of like make you feel the way you want to feel as you move through the world with your bag. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Well, what else did you want to talk about? Um, well, back to shopping. I know we talked about this the other day. We were talking about the difference between gifts that you put in a stocking and gifts that you put under the tree. Yes. Well, I think it started because you asked me like, is there a rule as far as, like, what do you base, like, when there's a gift that is sized so it could go in the stocking? Mm -hmm. How would you decide if it's a stocking gift or a gift that goes under the tree? Which brings me to a slight aside, which is that I recently heard the term tree gifts used, mm -hmm. which I'd never really thought about it that way. Like, someone was talking about the things they got their kids in a video, in a YouTube video. Someone was talking about what they got their kids for Christmas, and they were like, here are the gifts that are going in the stocking, and here are the tree gifts. And it's like, yes, they are the gifts going under the tree, but I'd never really thought of them as tree gifts before. But I'm going to use that term to distinguish here. So we've got the stocking stuffers and the tree gifts. And you were saying, if something is sized so it could go in a stocking, mm -hmm. what is the rule? Is it based on the cost of the item, or are there other factors? I think the fact that people think it's okay to shove oranges in the toes. 
Um, as we've talked about I mean, before. Yes, but we, we've been over this. But my general feeling, though, is that it is somewhat to do with price, but there are many other mitigating factors as far as what makes something a tree gift versus a stock stuffer. Mm. I think the I think that the the names the part of the stocking where you say stuffer kind of implies that it's like a cheap ride and like you're just kind of like stuffing stuff in there. So it's like, you know, maybe like not the not like the bigger gifts are going in there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the only factor. I think how excited the recipient is going to be about the item could be a factor as well. Like, for example, some things that are somewhat expensive to be a stocking stuffer, but are stocking sized and are kind of, you know, mediumly exciting, might go in the stocking. Mm -hmm. Whereas another item that's stocking sized but, like, extremely exciting, I would save that for the tree. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, obviously you want the person to be excited about all the things in the stocking. Mm-hmm. But you don't want the stocking to be more exciting than the tree. In I guess in my mind, the stocking is kind of the appetizer. And the tree is kind of like the big meal. That's a good way to look at it. Now, say you were getting someone a car mm-hmm. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you obviously can do the thing where you have the giant bow in the car. Sure. That's, that's so the, the car is parked car. outside right now. The that's, giant bow is on the car. Well, I'm asking you have the keys. Mm-hmm. Now, the keys will fit in the stocking very easily. Wouldn't that be an exciting gift to get in the stocking? However, what, that's under, the eclipse the what tr- under the tree is going to compete with the car? I think then it sort of comes down to, like, what level of gifting are you working on? Like... <laughs> Is this car... So you're saying that there's something more <laughs> exciting than the car under the tree. Yeah, like, I'm saying, like, if there's something more... Like, exciting, if that's the appetizer, what's the yeah. main course? If there's, like, a three-month all-expenses-paid European vacation under the tree, then sure, put the car in the stocking. <laughs> but if this car is your centerpiece... If the car is your the, centerpiece... Don't put the keys in the... Yeah, if, if the car is the centerpiece, I would say put the key put the keys under the tree because... Otherwise, the person's going to be obviously blown away when they, you know, get the keys and the stocking and discover that there's a car outside. But then after that, the presents on the tree are going to be, like, maybe comparatively a little lackluster. Whereas I think that I've always seen the tree as the place where you want people to be like, oh. I guess because in my family growing up, we kind of we were allowed to kind of dig into the stockings sometimes before my parents were like totally awake. But also, yes, that's exactly how it was with us. But also that is where like the dollar store really did the most work. And sure. Sure. And like there were, there was, and and, you know, like that, like you said, appetizer is probably a good word for it. Yeah. Like there was a mix of like, there were sometimes some somewhat nicer things. There were some like nice plastic animal figurines and stuff sometimes in our stockings, but there were also like, you know, those like, really bad tasting chocolate gold coins were always like there. There were always like some various, you know, citrus fruits, some like nuts for cracking, you know, and you know, fluctuating years, depending on how much money my parents had, you know, there might've been more citrus fruits and more nuts for cracking and like less, you know, exciting gifts. Yes. But they, but they wouldn't put nuts for cracking under the tree. No, nuts for cracking would never go under the tree. That's what I'm saying. But there was also just, like, a nuts for cracking bowl just kind of set out for everyone to, like, crack from. But that's, but that aside. But I'm saying saying there might be more or less nuts depending on how much filler they needed for, like, the general stocking area. Yes. Now, is, is there anybody that has the tradition of tree first, stocking last? I don't know. Or do people only do... Stocking first, then the tree. Because I felt like the stocking is generally kind of like the just, yeah, I tear into it, you know. I've always thought the stocking was kind of the first thing you check before you, like, check the tree. But also, I mean... Because the things in the stocking are also unwrapped a lot of the time. A lot of the time, although sometimes my mom will wrap things. And I like to wrap things sometimes if they're, like, wrappable. I think it adds to the excitement. But you can get away with shoving (laughs) I mean, there were definitely some times when my mom would, like, wrap, like, a toothbrush and put it in the stocking. It's like, this is clearly a toothbrush-shaped package in here. But it still made the stocking last longer, so I guess that's good. And I mean, 
I also do, do, though, think that in some ways, at least in my mind, I'm kind of organized this docking in a similar way that I organize the tree in that often people talk about the tree gifts, there being kind of like a big gift. Is that your showstopper? Yeah, the showstopper, the big gift, the kind of main present, and there's kind of some like side, you know, side presents. I kind of think of the stocking that way as well, and that there could be like maybe one somewhat bigger slash nicer slash more expensive or whatever thing in the stocking or slash more exciting item in the stocking to kind of, and then like some more supporting kind of lesser items. Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways the stocking is kind of a miniature, could be kind of a miniature mirror of the tree. I see. But obviously like scaled down in like a different way. But yeah, I mean, if there's like a Tiffany necklace or something, I feel like it belongs under the tree, even though it might be able to fit in the stocking. Unless there's something better under the tree. But you said, this is a side note, but you, but we were talking about this today too, and you don't like the idea of hiding a gift until you think you've gotten all the other gifts and then, oh, what's the, oh, wow, what's that? Is that, I see something. Well, I mean, I, okay, I, there's, I, I'm of two minds about this. I mean, I like it in the sense that I do generally with our kids keep a present back mm-hmm. to give them kind of, you know, later in the afternoon or in the evening if, you know, if things kind of, if there's kind of like a slump and you feel, you know, you feel like maybe now would be a good time to bring out a present. But it's not something that they've asked for or at this point, I mean, at this point they're not really, I mean, our son is just now at four, kind of at the point where he's asking for things. But, I mean, it's not something they've asked for or are expecting. So it's just a total surprise, something that we think they would like that kind of can lift the day if things start to, like, take a turn. So I'm pro that. What I'm against is for someone who's at the point of, like, wanting things and having more of an I- more of an idea in their mind about, like, the cost of things and how much they're probably going to get and what's happening... I'm against surprises in the sense that, like, I'm a person who doesn't really love surprises. Usually, like, I like to manage my fun. I I love surprises if they're the exact thing I want to be surprised by and the exact way that I want to be surprised. But, like, in general, like, like with Christmas presents, like, I have an idea of how much things cost and, like, how much money we have and, like, what's probably happening. So, like, the only time I would really like to be surprised by something is if it's something that, like, I definitely don't think you would possibly be getting for me. And then it's like surprisingly there. If it's just kind of like you're working with the budget that I know you're working with, then I kind of in my mind like to manage my fun as far as like, I sort of like to stagger like the things that I think I'll be more excited about, like throughout the gift opening in a certain way. So I don't want to like, not have those things and then have it like emerge from the tree and like an unexpected time. Like to me, that's just very distressing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay, well that answers all my questions. Okay. Like I would like to be surprised by something that's above and beyond my wildest dreams. Otherwise, I'm against surprises. If that, if that clarifies it for you. I see. Like, if there's a Birkin bag, that could be a surprise, but, like, because that's above and beyond my wildest dreams, you know what I mean? But if it's just something that's, like, within the range of things that I think is probably happening, then I just would like to have them just happen. It's not happening. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Well, it's not this year. But you see what I'm... That's just an example, though. You see what I'm <clears> saying <throat> about, like, the kind of surprises I like and the kind of surprises I don't like. That makes sense. Do you have any more questions? No, I think you answered that. What else about Christmas haven't we talked about? I mean, we mostly just talked about shopping, but there's like a lot of other aspects of Christmas, obviously. But I mean, what did you want to talk about? Well, I'm shopping, so that's why I want to. You're, I mean, you're shopping now, so it's yeah. like it's all happening for you. It's all happening. Are you aware that there's only a few days left to order things online and have them get to your house in time? Becoming more aware by the day. <laughs> Um, what are your feelings on, like, if you think you know someone really well, what are your feelings on, like, kind of going rogue as far as, like, presents you're getting for them? 
I'm going a little bit rogue, not really rogue, <laughs> but a little bit. Like I generally try to follow your lists pretty closely. But I'm I'm excited and scared about this because I'm excited because like as you know, like gift giving and like gift receiving is like my main love language. And I mean, there are others too. Like that sounds so terrible. People that are familiar with love languages know this. I'm not just like a terrible materialistic person. But it's not. It's not about. It's not just about like what you I get. I mean, I like affection, but I'm weird. Like <laughs> no, no, no. But the point is that like for people that that is their love language, it's not just about getting stuff. It's about the feeling that the gift giver through the gift displays how much they know you and how much thought they put into it that really touches you as the gift receiver. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like people who people who have this as a love language love when someone really takes the time to like think on their own and come up with a gift that they would really like. Cause it, that's what really shows us that you like really were like thoughtful and like knew what we would like and like knew us as a person. Okay, but, like, how does that figure in with, like, things that you, like, need? Well, I mean, it, it can figure in with things that you need, but it has to do with, like, how well do you know what the person needs and also how they'll feel about the thing that they need and also, like, because, I mean, need, needs can be yeah, wants. Yeah, need is a... A, a need, need can be a, a want. Yeah, or not need, need, but how, how do I say this? I mean, because, like, toilet paper is a need. No, I'm not going to buy you toilet paper. No, I'm not saying that you would. I'm just using that as an example to be like, toilet paper is a need and a want, but a, but not like... <laughs> I mean, I've wanted toilet paper and needed toilet paper simultaneously. But, but you know what I mean, but it's like you're not excited about that. But there are other things that you might need but also be excited about. Need's the wrong word, maybe. Like More, more like, you know someone has interests, and in order to excel at those interests they need certain things those can be great gifts okay that yeah. answers my question yeah because i mean that shows that you really are like paying attention to what the person is trying to do and you're really like supportive of that okay. and i think that's that's fair yeah, i'm not going to say anything else yeah so. i mean i think the, i think things like that can be good gifts yeah, yeah. okay cool yeah because i mean i'm saying like i think what people who love receiving gifts love is the feeling that it gives them of being known by the other person. Mm. But it's like, would I have just eventually purchased this thing anyway? Because I'm already... You know what I mean? I think part of what changes when you're an adult versus a kid, as far as gifts, is that... I mean, I can remember being a kid and feeling like, you know, Christmas was kind of your big shot to get stuff. And if you didn't get exactly the, the main or, well, the thing birthdays. you... Sure, but I mean, my birthday is pretty much exactly half a year away from sure. Christmas. So for me, it's, you know, Christmas or the birthday. That felt like kind of... And for birthdays, though, like, it wasn't really the same for my family. Like, I didn't really, like... In my family, you didn't get to ask for things for your birthday. Hmm. Like, in my family, like, we made a Christmas list for Christmas. And then my parents would usually get some of the things from the list. Didn't make a separate birthday list? No. In my family, birthday presents were were not something you get to say what you want. I mean, occasionally, I feel like as I was, like, older, my mom would be, like, you know, maybe ask if you wanted something specific for your birthday. But generally, no. Hmm. Birthday presents were just kind of, like, a surprise that my mom would totally figure out on her own, like, what to get you. Hmm. And it wasn't, like, something where you felt entitled to request specific gifts. So, for us, Christmas was kind of the one-shot where it's like, so it's like if you don't get the things that you wanted or the thing that you really wanted, you're just never, maybe never going to have this. And, of course, when you're a kid, a year feels like a really long time. So the idea that maybe next Christmas you'll get this doesn't really mean anything. You know what I mean when you're a kid. It's like each year feels like it takes forever. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like, you know, so important that you get just like the perfect things. And now, you know, as an adult, obviously there's still that sentimental feeling of you want to have a magical Christmas where, like, all the gifts are just right. But there's also that sort of feeling of, like, you know, you could eventually somehow acquire the things you need 
after Christmas time, you know, <laughs> Christmas doesn't totally pan out. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, when you're a kid and it just, I mean, obviously, you know, maybe your experience was a little different, but you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was not exactly, yeah, we could definitely, I mean, Christmas is the main one, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think they were a little more permissive on the birthdays, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, it just, I guess it didn't even, like, occur to me that you're allowed to ask for specific birthday presents. Like, for me, birthday presents just kind of were whatever my parents felt like doing. So, but, you know, you were probably less excited about them. Right? No, I was excited. I mean, my did. mom always did a really good job of figuring out what she should get us. Well, that's good. Like, my mom is actually, like... <clears throat> In some instances, like, strangely very good at gift-giving. Hmm. Well, it's good. But also, I think, like, I don't know if we had the same sort of expectation when it came to birthday gifts. Like, we knew we were getting presents and we were very excited about it. But I don't think there was the expectation that the birthday gift would be this, like, the thing that you want. Because it was, like, a surprise. Just kind of, like, whatever your parents put together. You know, it was more just kind of like, ooh, I wonder what it'll get for get for my birthday. I bet it'll be something good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, obviously, you don't know what I mean, but like, I If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. 
Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.